Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. It is Wednesday, November 15th. I am joined like I always am on Wednesdays by my friends Field Yates and Mike Clay. Mike, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, You know, it's very warm in here and you guys are wearing sweatshirts somehow. I don't know how you're doing that. I had one on, had to take it off. I would be passed out right now. It is well, warm. Mike, when we have major PLL news like we did yesterday. That's right, Mike. The PLL has announced its new eight cities, including the yeah, great city right. of Boston, the city that I call home. The Boston Cannons are the official team of Boston. What's old is new again is Ooh, the Boston yeah. Cannons were part of the MLL in its original uh, format. Now they are part of the PLL. So they are not just the PLL Cannons. They are the Boston Cannons. So shout out that? to everybody over at the PLL. Shout out to the Boston Cannons. We're going undefeated this season. Uh, don't at me if this doesn't happen because it's just going to happen. You're going it's going to happen. We're going undefeated next year. Full next Peyton Manning. You're saying we for everything, huh? That's how <laughs> yeah, this is going to work. That's fair. That's, that's a good fair. point. I've, that's a, I've always been partial to teams that are the red, white, and blue colors. So maybe oh, that's so you my like team. It? That's, that's right. I mean, that oh, yeah, makes sense. Your Eagles, sure. Kelly Green. No, that, uh, I mean, it was other than that. So okay. I grew up like going to the vets. So the Eagles were number one, but it was like I, I caught on to the Sixers. Okay. We had those colors growing up. You caught Otherwise, on to the bigger home team. Hockey was Avalanche <laughs> when I was a kid. Oh, Colorado really? Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, the Braves. Yep. We're the, my baseball team and Mark Martin, Valvoline sponsorship. Yeah. Growing up, like I just, for this whatever what reason. Is. You know what? Hold on. This, we're we're going <laughs> to talk so about random, football in right? a second Come on, here. But let's think. So like the Avalanche back in the day with, with Joe Sackick won the, won the, won yeah. the cup. Yeah. Right after so the, you like them. Ray Bork, from, trade for Ray Bork. Yeah. You win you win the cup. So you're Patrick Avalanche Waugh, fan at that point. Right? Patrick Waugh, of course. Yep. yep. Then the Braves, who of course infamously won just one World Series, but had that incredible run with Smoltz and Maddox yeah, and Glavin. Oh, after that. Well, this was like, yeah, this was after this. This was like when Andrew Jones showed up. But no, I was, I always like like second place teams. Like Mark Martin, famous for being second. Uh, like he's never won a championship. Same the Braves never got over the top. Really, Avalanche gotcha. for a long time had that issue as well. So Eagles as well got I've, all I've, them NFC championships. I feel like, and I could be so wrong here, but I feel like I saw that Andrew Jones' son, yes, is like an elite star. baseball prospect. And you're like, there's no way that Andrew Jones is old enough to have a kid <laughs> who's like a Let 22 alone, year old yes. super star for the Padres triple right. A team and uh, social media is uh, pointing out. I've been getting lots of, uh, I think you actually sent me this as well, but a lot of people have been tagging me in this Chad Pennington's son. Yes. Yeah. What? He's awesome. As have well. you guys what? seen the stats? Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I have. But remind me. So it's Chad like, Pennington's son, insane. he plays in Kentucky. Okay. As of last check, and he, maybe he's played a game since Mike and I discussed this a couple of days ago, has 47 touchdowns and zero picks this year. <laughs> Is that what? Good? That's video game level. Yeah. <laughs> That's unreal. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Is he going to be in your top five conversation when you're looking at draft stuff field? Well, he's a high school junior, so maybe. Okay, so probably not. <laughs> maybe not this year. Not this year, you but maybe starting right out there. Get ahead on yeah. That's uh, right. He is, Adam and people, sources are telling me he's considering Wesleyan um, and Alabama. Oh, wow. Okay. So wow. we'll see so whether he ends up with the Cardinals houses. or the Crimson Tide. <laughs> uh, but one. yes, he wants to win a championship, so he'll probably go to Wesleyan. That's right, so out. good. Yeah, that checks out. Hey, we got a really fun show planned for you guys today. We are talking yeah. about week 11 rankings. We got a bunch of stuff we're going to get into. We are also going to do the start bench cut conversation. We Ugh. didn't get to yesterday, but our producers hate us so much. They want to make sure that we have to talk about it today. Yeah. It's going to be a very difficult one to go through and decide, make some of these decisions. Right. Yeah, I told I, What them. I told Daniel yesterday was let's just cut the start bench cut segment That's from right. the show yesterday. <laughs> That'll make it easy. And then start it today. And then start, and it, then today. start it today. That's where we're at. We might right. bench it today and start it tomorrow. I wish we could bench the first part of this conversation. We're going to dive in, though, to some news we got right before the show. Yeah. This yeah. news. Found out Deshaun Watson. 
is going to be out for the season, has right shoulder, is going to be going under, uh, undergoing season-ending surgery on a broken bone in Nailed his it. right throwing shoulder. Yeah, heesh. Which is not great. He obviously was looking not fantastic last week. He injured himself in the game, ended up coming out, came back in. Field, now we're at this spot. You got no Deshaun Watson. There's not really a, a conversation about Deshaun Watson in fantasy anymore. How is this going to impact the Cleveland Browns offense? Yeah, Deshaun had been, at least of late, only mattering in two quarterback leagues for those that were still starting him in those two quarterback formats. But that noise you hear in the background of this podcast right now is those who have Amari Cooper on their roster. How about this? And I'm sure Mike will be able to augment to perhaps yeah. even have more information than I do about the Browns offense without Deshaun Watson. But a couple of important numbers. P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson, the two men that have filled in for Deshaun Watson this season in basically five games because Deshaun, I'm sorry, basically four, four games. Four Deshaun games, so. has started six of nine, but really only played a few snaps in mm-hmm. that game in which uh, Indianapolis, he was pulled early. Yep. In those basically four games, Dorian Thompson Robinson and P.J. Walker have accounted for one passing touchdown, eight interceptions, and a completion percentage of 50. That's that gross. is a non-functioning passing offense. Amari Cooper, of course, has played nine games this season. Five of his six highest yardage totals have come with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Stock down for Amari Cooper. Stock down for the Browns pass catchers in general. Stock down for this offense. And this might mean the Browns are no longer a playoff team this season because of how competitive the mm-hmm. AFC is. And despite how great their defense is, Mike... There's only so much that a defense can do to overcome an offense that might be lucky to score a touchdown per game. Yeah, you're right. We're going to go back to the old Kevin, Kevin Stefanski super run-heavy offense, and yep. we've seen that so far this season. So you're right. Watson played most of the snaps in five games. There were three games for P.J. Walker, who I'll focus in on here for the sake of these splits. I yep. suspect he'll start this week, but there is chatter that Thompson Robinson could be in that mix as well. But uh, he only has one game, so not a lot to pull from that. Uh, the Browns leaned a little bit toward the run with Watson under center. They were the third run heaviest team in the NFL when Walker was the quarterback. So keep that in mind. Whoa. But check this out. I thought there were, this was really interesting. I looked at the passing and rushing splits between the Watson games and the Walker games. Yep. Rushing 155 yards per game with five touchdowns on the ground with three games with Walker. And he yep. Walker was doing very little. Watson, 154.6 yards per game. Oh, a half a yard difference wow. yeah. between the two and five touchdowns in five games with Watson. So they were scoring more rushing touchdowns and the rushing yardage was about the same. So that's your Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt analysis right there. They're going to run more. The production was still good. Those guys should be fine as we'll say back end RB twos for Ford and maybe a flex for uh, Kareem Hunt passing 222 yards per game with seven passing touchdowns in the five Watson games, 211 yards per game with Walker. So only 11 yards difference. Thought that was interesting, but of course only the one touchdown. So I'm with you. I think there's a downgrade. Uh, just adding a little bit more to this. Cooper did have A-plus targets in all three games with Walker. Mm. His fantasy point production was down by six points per game, which is huge, but his target share was up. Yeah. So maybe some hope he can hang on as a as a manageable wide receiver three, something like that. David Njoku, much better with Walker, actually. Walker really? like going to the tight end. 22% target share, 11.2 points per game with Walker. 16% with Watson. That's down quite a bit and 8.3 points per game. So maybe there's something huh. there uh, for Njoku. And then one more player, uh, Elijah Moore, a little bit worse with Walker. Not, you know, we're thinking about him as a flex some weeks, maybe not quite as appealing. So that's my that's my spiel on the whole thing. Yeah. Take that for what it's worth. Um, I think we kind of agree, right? A, a downgrade for Cooper, still starting him Definitely. more on benches, maybe even waived. You don't necessarily need to hold Elijah Moore, David Njoku, a fringe tight end one and, and Ford and uh, Hunt. All systems go. 
Should be the same. So I want to dive into that. We actually had this Jerome Ford Kareem Hunt conversation scheduled for a little bit later in the show, but when we did that, we didn't Just know about now, all this Deshaun right? Watson yeah. conversation. So let's start there and talk about some of these running backs because I think you laid out the pass catchers really well, Mike. Field, when you look at these running backs, Kareem Hunt has come on the last couple of weeks. He has a touchdown in five straight, five straight yeah. games. So when you look at this, he's not getting as much volume as Jerome Ford, but yeah. he is getting the production from that. So now that they take on the Steelers this week, with all this new information we've added to the quarterback position, how are you approaching these two running backs in week 11? I wonder how different the tenor would be on both Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt if Hunt had not scored a, a touchdown in five straight games. Like if he had scored just two touchdowns mm-hmm. over five games, which by the way, that's like a reasonable expectation for a player of Kareem Hunt's caliber. Absolutely. Call it about seven for the season. You'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's that tracks for Kareem Hunt. Totally. We'd be talking about how Jerome Ford continues to dominate the carries in this backfield and, by the way, continues to run pretty efficiently in terms of yards per carry as well. Yep. So the touchdowns have saved saved Kareem Hunt, but Ford has such a dramatic rushing attempts edge that I have him ranked ahead of Kareem Hunt, especially with the idea in mind that while Mike did back up, they have been basically running the football as effectively with and without Deshaun Watson. I still think it's going to be harder to get to those goal to go situations with PJ Walker under center. Mm -hmm. So some of the goal to go opportunities that Kareem Hunt has thrived off of in recent weeks are not going to be nearly as effective. I shouldn't say as effective, but not, uh, not quite as frequent now with PJ Walker. So I will lean towards Jerome Ford as like the pretty clear Browns running back that I want to start week in and week out. Yeah. And how about this? Ford is finished as a top 25 fantasy running back in seven of his last eight games. Yeah. But so that's solid. Huh? That's yeah. a solid floor, a flex option, maybe an RB2. And actually, I feel like I've had the more positive Ford spin, and I'm slightly lower. Actually, I don't know if you guys tweaked yet for I have not the made news my yet. Rankings so, conversation. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll end up about the same spot. But yeah. I think we agree. There's a, There's been a lot of volume here. 18 touches last week, 25 the week prior. This guy is a fringe RB2 mm. on volume alone. Yeah. And and in a what again, what's going to be a very run-heavy offense, he could push for 20 carries most weeks. That's Do you know what I think, I think about, Mike, is like... I think when a guy has scored in like two or three straight games, sometimes my mindset goes to like, yeah, you know, I'd hate to be the guy that benches the player that scored in back to back back games. That's me and Gabe Davis field. But but <laughs> once it reaches a certain number, you're like, OK, I get it. Like at some point it's going to come. It's going to come like at some point it's going to come to an end. I think and that might be where we've reached with Kareem. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point, because when you look at it, you're like, how do you sit a bench a guy that has six touchdowns in the last five games? Well, I'm going to say this. Jerome Ford has over those five games, far more targets, 17 targets to six for Kareem Hunt. He has more yards from scrimmage, 410 to 239. He has more touches total 85 to 64. So he's just getting more work. It's just the fact that Kareem Hunt has founded the painted area. Jamal Williams this year or something. So you're still defaulting. I like that. The painted area. That's what it's called, right? Mm -hmm. We call it the painted area. I like that. We need different names for it. I like that. Yeah. Like you're switching it up a little bit. So what was the game earlier this year where like an hour before kickoff, they were showing players like stepping through the end zone and like the the players footprints were tracking through the end zone because they like just painted it and they like forgot the fact that it has to dry before you can play a game. I can't remember what that was. Was it one of the European games? Or, I, don't I don't think so. Oh, I feel I like they've remember. got their, uh, you know, their eyes dotted and T's crossed more before one of those big events. It oh, feels like enough. one of those need a Snickers commercials, right? Where it's like yeah. you're walking through and you've you got the, the footsteps. Right? Yeah, the, the chefs. chefs. That's yeah, exactly that's right where my brain went. Yeah. yeah. What a, so just a quick aside here. What a disaster for the Browns in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Watson through two seasons, through two seasons, has played a total of 12 games. 
one of which he left very early this year. The last six last year, which were largely a disaster, it's got $138 million still owed to him. That means the team has paid him him $92 million Mm -hmm. for for 12 games. $7.7 million per game. Yeah, seven point seven million per game. Yeah, he's going to be one of those guys. Remember last in the offseason we did a show of like the hardest players to rank. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's going to be a headliner for that there. one next year. I don't know, I Mike. He, so, all right, make the case for being optimistic on him next well, year. Well, I think I think that he's kind of run into a buzzsaw of tough matchups as well, and some weather as well this year. So I think he and he's actually had some good fantasy games. He's had like three twenty plus games. Like fair. He's been he's been hanging in there and in yeah. tough matchups, tough situations. Still been like a back end QB one. That's Man, been his performance. So. You say that, but he was like one of the best quarterbacks in the league just a few years ago. Like to go from being the top five guy to the guy that I'm seeing with my eyes this year feels like there's just been a drop off. And maybe that's just me as a fan. I don't think he's playing at that elite level he was his last year in Houston where he led the league in Not even passing close. yards. No. Yeah. And, and, um, but 6.5 could he, yeah. yards per attempt in each season with Cleveland. Yeah. But $92 million. With 138 million still guaranteed oh, yeah, to Deshaun Watson over the next off. three years, yeah, <laughs> plus mean, the yeah. fact that they've structured the deal in a way in which it becomes very difficult for them to even in like a miraculous circumstance to get out from underneath it. And how about this that I was thinking about earlier today? Remember last year during the drafts when we all thought it was crazy that Houston was going to pay that massive price to move up from pick yeah. 11 to pick three. Yep. What was perhaps the craziest part about it? was that they were willing to trade their own pick and not Cleveland's Mm -hmm. to move up. Their own pick might end up being less valuable than Cleveland's pick based off how the season could unfold for the final eight weeks. That's amazing. They're They're a game worse than the Browns, the Texans are. With a healthy quarterback who's a star. Oh my. By the end of this weekend, it would not surprise me if the Browns are six and four and the Texans are six and four. By the way, are the Steelers are gonna be seven three by the end of this week, aren't they? Yeah. Probably. How the heck is that possible? I know. Yeah, How? If, Sorry yeah. for raising my voice. How do they do this? Their head coach, I guess. They you know what's made, funny? You know what's interesting? Table this for like a different time because we have to get back on the fantasy track. I have noticed a very different sort of feeling about Mike Tomlin as a coach. Between the national and in local fans. I think nationally he gets a ton of praise mm-hmm. for keeping this team afloat. I'm starting to sense locally, they're kind of sick of hearing that rhetoric. It's a ceiling versus a floor conversation. Mm-hmm. They've won like one playoff game in the last yeah. like yeah. nine years. That's the pushback, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And and including, by the way, losses to the Browns with no head coach. Remember when Kevin Stefanski was out due to COVID? Yep. They had like all these players that were also unavailable. They lost that game. Remember the year in which Blake Bortles and the Jaguars smashed them yes. in Pittsburgh yeah. with like 45 points? Like it is not. So I, that's an aside, but uh, the Steelers are probably going to be seven for the end of the weekend. Yeah, you're right. Seven to three. I think this is a good transition. I'm going to actually pivot us into the Steelers conversation because okay. the Thank Browns you. play the you Steelers this week. Yeah. And we got some running backs to talk about here. Guys, I want to mention this, okay? I'm going to set the table here really quick for you. I think this is a conversation of pre-buy and post-buy stats. They are very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Weeks one through five, you got Jalen Warren running back 27, averaging 10 fantasy points per game. And Najee Harris running back 39, averaging 6.7 fantasy points per game. That's weeks one through five. Then they had their buy in week six. We had a big conversation with them. We said, we need you guys to tighten up a little bit. Then week seven through 10, Mm. different conversation. Najee Harris is running back 12, averaging 15.1 points per game field. Even Jalen Warren has gone up, running back 18, averaging 12.8 field. You got two running backs 
both trending in the right direction, both who are top 20 over the last month. Are they startable this week against a tough Browns defense? Well, both of them. First of all, you're welcome, Steelers. We did this. We had a pep talk with your running backs. Yes, we did. Not face-to-face. They probably didn't even hear the pep talk, but we yeah. had that pep talk. So you guys are welcome for helping to catalyze your season. Yeah, they both are startable this week. The concern is pretty obvious, right? It's the Browns, right? Defense. This defense mm-hmm. is just freaking gnarly, and the idea of facing them is very daunting. But because it's basically a 50-50 split for a team that is much more capable of running the football recently, much improved offensive line play. There's been a lot of talk from people that study this stuff closely. Uh, if you love offensive line play, I would suggest finding our friend Brandon Thorne. He's Brandon Thorne yeah. NFL. Yep. I'd put his analysis up against anybody's in the world on offensive line play. He's been highlighting guys across the Steelers offensive line that have been better of late. They're going to run the football a lot because... They're not going to have to score a lot of points on Sunday, right? So I expect there's a reasonable expectation that Najee Harris could have 17 touches on Sunday and Jalen Warren could have 14 on Sunday. By the way, of late, not only have they both been more effective running the ball, but Najee's actually seen some passing game utilization. So the fact that Warren's the more explosive player is a bit offset by the fact that Najee's going to see more touches, Mike, and he might actually catch the football. Yeah, you're right there. We talked about this Monday. They're just kind of interchangeable in this offense yep. at this point. They're both seeing targets, both seeing carries. I would say Warren's been more explosive. The one thing I will say is there's been some reports about Warren was told he's the starter now. Saw that. Yeah. I don't think it really matters. I mean, their usage has been about identical. Harris isn't going to disappear. He's playing his best ball probably since 2021. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> I would say like 20. Yeah. Harris yeah so I, I think it'll just continue to be interchangeable one in one out series after series. And I think is uh, that like, are they like hockey starters? Like, I love how in yeah, the NHL, it's of, like, yeah, yeah like you'll, they'll, they'll, they'll pan through the open. It's like, you know, the Oilers who have the greatest player on earth in Connor McDavid. And then it's like, yeah, opening line is the fourth, the fourth liners, like the grinders. Yeah. They're like, they want to get their They want to get their feet wet a little bit. Yeah. They want to <laughs> make those guys feel good early, you know, like, uh, like, yeah, and you see really that in the NFL, too. It's just the play they call to open the game, right? Yes. Whatever the package is who's on the field, right? Yeah, these two running backs have been fantastic. The idea that you've been able to use both of them after the way it worked out at the beginning of the season has been a boon for fantasy managers. I love having both of these guys usable. Tough matchup this week, but have both of them as potential yeah, starters. Good for them, 11. not good for the pass catchers. Well, not as great <laughs> for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. You need to get uh, at least one of those guys going here. Uh, Pat Fryermuth could be back this week, That's too. True. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. That'd be a big yeah. one. Uh, Shefty did tweet this morning. He's expected back. Okay. This weekend. So, I like yeah, that. Like could that. be expected back, intends to play. You name your phrase, but yeah, yes. Barring a setback. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All My right, favorite let's... thing about Pat Fryermuth, by the way, and this applies to, I've, I've got a few asides today, but bear with us. It's Wednesday. Is when he catches a pass and Steelers fans just go, he. I mean, that probably is Muth, but like, yeah, it he, sounds like Heath. Heath. They all, they all <laughs> say, like, Heath you know, they're like forever, like, because yeah. they've had yeah, like yeah. several yeah. other like big tight ends, big white tight ends who have come through the, like, you know, it's like, but they don't say Heath now, right? Well, oh, they, they still, say but, they say they, Muth, but, but it they've been saying like Heath, it. like for all those guys in the past. And in my mind, they're still saying, they're all the same thing. Right. Who was the guy, Zach, something they had for a while. They had Jesse James for a little bit. Like they just had big James for a minute. I pretty sure did. Yeah. Yeah, Gosh. I've been to a lot of Steelers games, believe it or not. Yeah, growing up. Have you? Yeah, traveled to. My dad still goes all the time. He's at a lot of the home games. Is he I, a Steelers or an Eagles fan? Uh, he's a Vikings fan, actually. But we do. We, I grew up doing bus what? trips. He was a Fran Tarkenton fan when he was oh, uh, oh, when he was okay. a kid. Yeah. So right. in uh, the Viking, yeah, I, anytime you root for a team that's never won a Super Bowl, I'm like, I have nothing to say to you. Like <laughs> you, like I cannot question your fandom. 
Uh-huh. Is, that, yeah. is that why you took the Vikings to win the NFC North this year? That's why, yeah. That was why. Still yeah. possible. We're Still go possible. Field, yeah. don't do Still this possible. to me. All right, let's talk about another running back here. Tony Pollard has been a total enigma this year. I want to lay been. a few things out. A couple things I don't love. Okay. Inefficiency. Last year, nope. he averaged 5.2 yards per carry. This year, 3.9. I also don't love the touchdowns. He's only got two touchdowns this year, Mike Clay. Where they scored, sir. That is so frustrating. They've scored so many points this year. Yeah, but what, year. he scored both of his touchdowns and in week, week one. one <laughs> which is frustrating. Yeah. He's averaging 12.5 fantasy points per game. That's running back 22 on the season. Now, here's the things great. I do love, okay? Mm-hmm. I love the volume. Seventh most in the NFL based on running backs, 164 yeah. touches. I love the passing game involvement. Do you? Tenth amongst running backs in reception. So he's okay. at least getting a little bit of work. And this week, at least, Field... Mm. I love the matchup. Yeah. Panthers allow the third most fantasy points to running back. So he is my running back seven. I still have him top 10 in spite of the fact that he has been a little disappointing lately. How are you approaching Tony Pollard and what is an awesome matchup against the Panthers? Ooh, I've got him as running back 13, which is a full six spots lower Whoa. than you. Daniel. I'm at nine. I'm in the middle here. Okay. Well, so you're okay. in the middle. This shaping up for That's a little, a little bit season uh, right now. Um, this is me motivating Tony Pollard right That's now. what it is. You laid out all the stats right there. Mike laid out the stat yesterday. Was it 12 carries and 55 total yards in every game? Every, yeah, he's the only one in the only NFL. One. Yep. Okay. So we all know that. the numbers. This is not about the numbers with Tony Pollard. It's the fact that the efficiency has fallen off a cliff. Yep. And and I know several people in the fantasy community, including our friend Denny Carter, the great Denny Carter from uh, Rotor World. Uh, he's hilarious on top so of being good. very good at this job. Uh, noted how his elusiveness has just also totally dropped off a cliff. Now, Maybe some of the elusiveness is in part due to the types of runs that he is seeing, right? Like it's harder to make defenders miss between the tackles than when you're running on the perimeter on tosses and things of that nature. But we have seen a much more Ezekiel Elliott version of Tony Pollard than we have a Tony Pollard version of Tony Pollard. I have him as RB 13 in part begrudgingly, but the matchup is too good to ignore. And if the Cowboys are up 35 to seven in the fourth quarter and Pollard has two touchdowns on Sunday, I'll be saying to myself, that checks out. That's what it was supposed to be. You have to ride that. You have to ride him for one more week here. Now, if it doesn't happen on Sunday against the Panthers, I might not show up to work on Monday. <laughs> That's fair. That okay. seems excessive. All of a sudden, excessive. Wait, by the way, all of a sudden, all of our fans are like, all right, Panthers, let's, let's go. go. Shut down Tony Pollard. Can we go sign like, uh, who's the best available run? Is Warren Sapp available for Sunday's <laughs> so game? Good. You know? Well, uh, Liz Loza will be in town, so... Oh, that's right. true. Right. Just, yeah, yeah. Give me a day off here. I'm, right I'm, I'm actually out for a little while. Yeah, now, you are. I'm out Friday and Monday, so enjoy enjoy me while you can here. People might be happy about that as well. Wow. I'm on. I'm on. One, one of our producers is asking whether, whether they can drop the uh, the clap track the right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on my bye week. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, no, Mike. We're gonna miss you dearly on both Friday and Monday. Um, for once, though. We'll at least have a conversation that actually includes some analytics and it'll numbers. be a, it'll yeah, finally, finally yeah, maybe be a good some projections based into the show. Yeah. Do you have anything different you want to add on Tony Pollard? You feel basically the same no, way that Field sa- and I do. Same thing. Uh, I, I'm going to chase it. Field. Great yeah. analysis, nailed it as yeah. usual. Yeah. Crushed we're going to chase the uh, we're going to chase the volume in the matchup another week. And again, he's just one of them guys. If you told me a month from now. Oh yeah! Over the last four weeks, Tony Pollard's the number three scoring fantasy running back with six touchdowns. We'd be like, "Yep, that's that. That, that makes sense. That checks <laughs> out. I can yeah. see that." I have a question for you, Mike. Yes. In that same game, they're playing the Panthers, and we're going to talk about them in a few moments here. If Tony Pollard scores fewer fantasy points than Chuba Hubbard Two. and Miles Sanders combined, will you shave your beard? No. What would kind of why? It? Why am I being put on this? I don't know because I know da- like I of can, all like, things, Daniel would never shave his beard. I can't. I can't. Daniel's right waiting now. for James Harden to retire before he shaves his beard. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I just figured there was a better likelihood of you agreeing to it than Daniel. No, not gonna. 
not going to do that. Okay. No. I would just, I don't, that was good, sort of, I don't have a good counter for this. Well, that was sort of my way of highlighting and I don't want to skip. We can talk about Brandon cooks, but then we'll come back to the Panthers, the running, Panthers backs. running backs. <laughs> um, but that's a preview of how I feel about the Panthers running backs on Sunday. Ugh, it doesn't feel good. I'll tell you no. that. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's talk. See. Let's talk Brandon coach real quickly. We can get there. Mike last four games yeah. have been really interesting with Dak Prescott. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Tells a very interesting story. I've got Mike. I've, I've thrown him off. He just he doesn't know what he doesn't even know what to do yeah. over here. I'm having a 24 hours here. If you, if you didn't have that beard, you wouldn't have run into the microphone. <laughs> That's I want to crash into it. Yeah. I'm, a little, right. I'm a little injured. I hurt my wrist. So I'm like, I got, a, I got a wrist guy on too right now. Oh, my we wrist. are old people. That. We are getting old. We are when, old. When are you go We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. If we have more time at the end of the show, we can <laughs> talk right. about how Mike got hurt. No, we don't have to do that. Yes, we can. All right. Embarrassing. Let's talk about Brandon Cooks. Last four games. Dak Prescott has been amazing. And Brandon Cooks has been pretty good, too. 15.8 fantasy points. That's mm-hmm. wide receiver 16. But, Mike, he's also wide receiver 57 in targets over that time yeah, frame. So how are you considering that. him against the Panthers in a 10 or 12 team league? Yeah, most of his production came last week. I won't read through all the stats again. But, in you know, over half of his yards have come in one game this year. That makes me nervous. But he also has 14-plus fantasy points in three of his last four, under seven and all the rest. But he's at least trending up. They've been trying to get him going. They've kind of phased Michael Gallup out. So maybe Gallup going the other direction will get a more consistent role here for Brandon Cooks. The Panthers, we talked about really good are really poor against running backs, but they only allowed the fourth fewest to receivers because teams don't have to throw against them. That could be a problem here for a secondary receiver like Cook. So we have him ranked again, like as a maybe a flex option in 12 team leagues. But that said, I won't go any further. But he's, you know, he was dropped in a lot of leagues. So if you want to put him on, on your bench and hope that he does continue with this this uh, consistent role going forward, he might be startable by Thanksgiving. Like that could be the case. Only thing that I will add, I agree with everything that Mike just said is there's a chance. I don't know if it's a great chance, but like, remember coming into the season, like when they made the trade for Brandon cooks, it was like, wow, the number two wide receiver in a Cowboys offense could be pretty fantasy relevant week in and week out. If the tide has turned and cooks takes on that role going forward, then yes, there is definitely a chance that cooks could be a weekly line of fixture. So go grab him right now. I agree though. I have his wide receiver 37. So absent playing in like a three receiver league or a deeper league, he's going to be on my bench for this week. Tough to get him into starting lineups. You mentioned the running backs for the Panthers field. Let's do the Lord's work. No one wants to talk about the Panthers running backs, but we need to for a second. Chuba Uh, Hubbard has been the dart that you've been throwing. Yeah. Do you want to continue to throw that dart against the Dallas Cowboys defense? I don't. I was trying to think about what I would rather do than throw that dart. I was against thinking, the you know where defense. my brain went? You <laughs> okay. ever see the the gif? It's really old where the guy's standing next to the dartboard and the, someone throws a dart and it just hits him in the head and he's just standing there and oh he doesn't gosh. even know it. And, and that's what, it, feels, that's what it feels that's like. It. That's, that's, that's it. I, mean, I might take that instead. <laughs> yeah. uh, last four games for Chuba Hubbard. Three games. 40 carries for 109 yards. Zero that's not games. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Sanders had a game with negative five rushing yards recently. That's also Another not with good. Zero. That was actually his, his, uh, his zero rushing yard game was his second highest over the past three. Mm-hmm. Disaster. Complete disaster. Yeah. This, this, this game could be, again, this could be Cowboys, Giants, I guess 3.0 because they played for the second time last week. But with the way that Dallas is playing, the way that Carolina is playing, did you guys say they're talking about going back to Frank Reich as the play caller? Yes. So when you make a play calling change, yeah. you give the guy who's the new play caller two games, and then you're considering going back to it. That probably means that the system's just broken. Yep. Right. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this game could be a bloodbath in the first half. I want no part of either Panthers running back Hubbard yeah. if he had to choose one. But I, I, um, I'm sorry that you have to choose Chuba Hubbard if you have to choose one. Yeah, I agree. I, he would be the one because he's had 17 plus touches in three of his last four, uh, three of his last four games, but he's been under 11 fantasy points in all, but one game, 
Miles Sanders un- under 12 fantasy points in all but one game. There's just been nothing out of this backfield. And by the way, the gap closed last week. It was a 27 to 23 snap edge for Hubbard. So Sanders started to come on a little bit in the second half of the game. So uh, I'm with you. Avoid this if you can, if you have to pick one Ugh. as a flex Teams on a buy this week. Maybe you need one. Yep. It would be Chuba uh, Hubbard. Yep. You know, if there is one position that is impacted by buys this week, it would be the running back spot. Quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, not as much. But running back, you got some decent running backs on buy this yeah. week. No, so Alvin Kamara, amongst others. Ramondre Stevenson. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And yeah. Bijan. Couple of good, oh, yeah, and Bijan. That's right. Who's the top scorer of that group this year? Zach Moss? Stop, Stop it. it. Stop it. Probably. He might be. Yeah, he might be first. Kamara's come on like a freight train, has, so it yeah, might be Kamara. Yeah. All right, we got a few more. Uh, updates for our rankings in just a little bit, but Field and I are going to pay some bills. Field, did you know that Traeger is awesome? Can I tell you why? Oh, it is. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things, in case you guys weren't, weren't aware of this. It's making your watch party favorites on your Traeger Ironwood XL Grill and Smoker and football, obviously. You can serve up fire, wood-fired flavor every time with consistent cooking, and the intuitive touchscreen makes it easy to control the temperature, which stays steady. So you can keep your mind on the score and not on the temperature. Dude, that is such a huge thing if you are cooking on a grill while you're trying to watch football, not having to worry about if your grill is the right temperature or not. And trust me, when your favorite team is out there, that will come in super clutch. Traeger is all about versatile cooking. You can grill, smoke, roast, or bake, which means you can even grill some burgers, smoke a pork butt, roast some veggies, even bake a pie. Mike, you did hear that right. Desserts can be done on the Traeger. With Wi-Fi technology, excuse me, with Wi-Fi technology, you can be in the kitchen preparing some sides or on the couch watching the game while everything is cooking for your game day party by controlling your Traeger from anywhere with the easy-to-use app. And when you're done cooking, Everything from that game cleanup is easy thanks to the accessible easy clean Greg grease and ash keg. Excuse me. So don't wait. Upgrade your Saturday with a Home Depot. How doers get more done. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Always make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus get 24 seven claim support and on the go policy access with the award winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to Geico.com. Hey, a uh, quick note here. Some reports filing in. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is the favorite to start this week, so we'll have to keep an eye Already? on that. So it's starting to swirl you know in a little bit. Shout out to Jake Trotter. Does an awesome job yes. covering the Browns for us. And as I was getting ready to leave the house this morning, I saw him say something to the effect of, hey, the Browns are considering bringing a third quarterback in. Don't be surprised if DTR gets a shot. That's not a good thing for the Browns, though, guys. I don't think so. I mean, gosh, like he looked so overwhelmed in his yeah. first start. Now they played the Ravens, but it's not like it gets a whole lot easier, right? You play games in that division, you automatically play a good defense. Yeah. So, yikes. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, it's not like it was better with PJ Walker. It was no, better, no, 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 maybe no. For a quarter, if you were to line up all the quarterbacks that have appeared in three plus games this year, he's probably dead last in efficiency this year. It was uh, he struggled? So, not surprised they're going to take another look at the rookie. He was impressive in the preseason, but this is does not have a good look for this offense. I'm concerned. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely concerned for my Amari Coopers and David and Jokus. Doesn't feel great. You know, another thing that doesn't feel good. Packers wide receivers. All right, why? Every you, show. You can leave. Here's the thing. <laughs> Mike's off on Friday and Monday. We couldn't keep this until Friday and Monday in our chat. Oh, come if, on. If Packers wide receivers were an emo song right now, they would be Misery Business by Paramore. That's a good song, though. Is that fair? Yeah. I also think, I was thinking about maybe Field, I don't know how much uh, emo uh, I know Paramore. knowledge. You know Paramore? I believe Paramore, if I'm not mistaken, is going on tour with Taylor Swift. Yeah. When she goes internationally. She, yeah. That is so exactly. I know. 
Into You, I think, was one of their songs, uh, right? Yes, I'm still into you. But look at you, Field Jace, knowing mm. a little Paramore. I love this. These days, I know, like, basically, like, the theme song to Coco Melon and a couple <laughs> of jingles from Miss Rachel. So the fact uh-huh. that I could pull that actually is... That's even impressive to me. The other emo song that made me think of this was, uh, and it's a little bit deeper for all my old uh, emo kids out there, it's called The Places You Have Come to Fear the Most by Dashboard Confessional because I think the place I have come to fear the most is when I'm in a spot, I've got to start one of these Packers on Sunday. I don't feel good about it, Mike Clay. You got Christian Watson. Mm -hmm. You got Romeo Dobbs. They're taking on the Chargers this week. Are you finally out on Christian Watson, or are we still holding on to hope that there is something that can be done with this skilled wide receiver? 36 in my ranking, so still on the flex radar. And They're playing the Chargers. They should have to throw it plenty in this game, but look, he's been under seven fantasy points in four straight. Did lead them in targets last week. There's that. There's something to be said for that, Uh, but not feeling super confident about that connection. Uh, and then, you know, it goes right down the list. I don't feel better about the other receivers either because no. even Romeo Dobbs, a touchdown in three, he's a touchdown in three of his last five games. That's good, right? Yes. Still under 40 yards and 12 and a half fantasy <laughs> points in all of those games, yep. even when he has scored touchdowns. So you're not getting anything else out of him. And then Jaden Reed's coming off the big game, 84 yards and a touchdown, yeah. only at five targets, six or fewer targets in six straight games. He's only cleared to 12 and a half points twice this season. Yeah. So None of these guys are good investments right now. Nope. I just, I would avoid if possible. Look at that. But you know what that reminds me of? Do you um, ever watch Survivor? Oh, yeah. You know, every once in a while, uh, they'll send someone to an exile island, right? Oh, yeah. And that person's by themselves on this tiny remote island. That's Mike right now in Christian Watson Island. I'm trying so hard. We're just like, trying to make it happen. Are you lower than me? I didn't even see the ranks. Are you? No, are I'm you just saying, like, you know, you I, don't like, need to look I have him. I think I have him as wide receiver 37. You're three spots ahead of me. You're three spots behind me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just so saying, the same like, thing. You know, but like what I'm saying, Mike, is this. You have not entirely given up hope. Even in a week in which you had him as wide receiver 36, you're able to find a couple of positive indicators. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a moment here, Mike. And you're going to be laughing from that remote island all by yourselves. All by yourself. You'll be saying, I. Never lost faith. I never lost faith. <laughs> you own stock on Christian Watson Island. You're the one that just got that on tape, though, that you can roll back. Yeah, I, I never know, lost faith. Let's clip that. Let's clip that, that for a few, please. Yeah. I got to start doing that more often. <laughs> you just did that. That's such a good idea. Yeah, I wouldn't say as much confidence as I had in, like, Joe Burrow, like, the beginning of the season, like, those yeah. sort of, uh, I'm not feeling it. And it's not his fault, necessarily. It's just Jordan and Love him, is all over the map. Sometimes he makes exactly. throws that look great. But if I feel like when he throws to Watson, it's like never it's, catchable. It's like, never. It's just, yes. And it's not always his fault, yeah. but it is oftentimes. It feels like Christian Watson is w- just one of many wide receivers that are impacted by quarterback play this year. And he, unfortunately, because of Jordan Love and with where they are at, they I feel like he's been impacted a little bit more than most. Yeah, I mean, I thought that. coming into the year, I thought even if if Love was below average, just like Watson's early second round pick had a good finish to the season. He was going to be a feature target, huge target share, like worst case you're any like DeAndre Hopkins sort of production like this year. Yeah. A little boom bust, but tons of targets. That hasn't happened either. That has not. The other thing that happens, the other thing that happens in this portion of the rankings, by the way, is you've gotten to the point where it's like, all right, Christian Watson, vis-a-vis, this might be a bad example. He's also on a buy this week. Um, Him versus like Josh Downs. And you're saying to yourself, like, Mm -hmm. If one of these two players is going to find the end zone twice, it's probably Christian Watson. If one of these players is going to have seven catches for 72 yards, it's probably Josh Downs. Mm-hmm. Which do you prefer? Like Pop Douglas, Josh Downs, guys like that where like the upside for touchdowns is pretty low, but the upside for catches is definitely higher than Watson in a given week. So some of it might be just like, who do you want to bet on during a given week? 
Yeah, and I'll, I would just add to remember that there are four teams on a bye. So even thirty sixth to thirty ninth, I mean, you add in those yeah, those six teams, teams. Back, or those four teams back, you'd be like mid forties and not startable. So a part of it is just the bye weeks. Too. I'll tell you what, and this might just be the emotional side of me. Sometimes you guys know I do that with fantasy players. You're the guys that are ranked around Christian Watson in our rankings. Rasheed Rice, mm-hmm. right? Like there's been a little bit of like uptick with him as far yeah, as playing Eagles. Mahomes, good right? yeah. You got Jerry Judy, not really feeling that. Gabe Davis, another one of those guys that's been up and down. You got Brandon Cooks right behind him. You have George Pickens, who has been all over the place. Oof. You get to a point where you're just like, I don't really yeah. feel good about any of those guys. That's a guys. tier of very similar guys that could have terrible days or, or you know, maybe it score finds the end zone. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Lottery exactly. ticket area. Yep. You guys ready for something interesting that just came across Ooh. my uh, War Room League roster? Oh, interesting. Let's hear it. We, we can vet this one out on okay. the show and just, I, I, I'm okay. not going to make a decision one way or the other, but kind of interesting. 16 team league is the War Room and you play two receivers two running backs, two flexes. So that second flex spot can get pretty Ooh, tricky yeah. very often. But only one quarterback. Only one quarterback, yep. Okay. Uh, we have this crazy league where there's like nine or 10 of the 16 teams that are between six and four and five and five. It's wild. Wow. Okay. So I'm part of that uh, that six and four, five. Log I'm jam, five right and five, middle. log jam, yes. But uh, Adam Schefter, the great Adam Schefter, just proposed trade to me. His Jerome Ford and Jahan Dotson for my Michael Pittman Jr., What's your running back situation look like? My running back situation is Rashad White and Brian Robinson, the only two on my roster right now. I think White's you already. Keep okay, that was a decisive answer there from. Yeah, I mean, I just think you need. Yeah, I think you need to keep Pittman. I think that uh, Ford has a limited ceiling. Okay, you know, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, he, but he's kind of in the category of the two guys you have, right? Yeah, Robinson yeah. And, and White. So I don't think he's really giving you a big boost at running back. Okay, uh, and then receiver. I mean, Dotson he does not perform when Curtis Samuel is on the field. It's crazy, right? In uh, uh-huh. high volume. I yeah. mean, maybe he'll have a huge second half of the season, but I don't think he's going to match Pittman, and I don't think Ford really moves the needle enough for your team. So we'll see. Watch this segment before sending you that trade, because we just talked about it. Yeah, it's Ford. possible. We have to, like, you know, you have to get through bye weeks and you have to get to the playoffs. But yeah. if we do make it in and our team stays healthy, our roster will be Patrick Mahomes, Rashad White, um, Brian, Brian Robinson, Robinson. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Michael Pittman, and Josh Downs in our two flex spots. That's really good for a 16-team league. That's great. That sounds great. You know something, Mike? I told you guys, I'm not letting the emotions get to me anymore after getting (laughs) really emotional (laughs) on Sunday and Monday. But you know something? I do believe in our team. I believe. You should. Clip this off. I love our team. Do not let us get in your way in the playoffs. You do not want to see us in the playoffs. That's, that's all I'm saying. Avoid. Yeah, that's sometimes a team that's to avoid. How, sometimes that's how fantasy goes. You just have yeah. some bad luck. You're yeah. hanging around 500, but you're like, you know what? Team's coming around, getting healthier. Yeah. It's a good group on paper. Here we so, go. So I don't know who does the projections um, at ESPN, but they, robots, they favor right? us to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not surprised with that team in a 16 yeah, team. I know it's it's wild. Times. That sounds great. Yeah. So uh, now this would what this would help us with is this would help us probably to you know sort of navigate some of these upcoming bye weeks that are yeah, still sure. ahead of us right Devonte's got a buy and the two colts obviously are on a buy this week so we're sort of piecing it together at flex in a different way yeah but the, the only advice i might give is check the colts I, had, I don't have it in front of me the colts wide receiver playoff schedule because you uh, got two yeah that's true <laughs> you that's got two of them yeah, yeah. i want to diverse diversify that's a good anyways point. we're just talking i don't know i just felt like bringing that up but what the heck um that'll be a tough one field because you're at a spot this is it's not just you you're gonna we're all gonna be in spots and the people that are listening yeah. where we're making playoff pushes we're getting close to that point where people are starting to try to make their final little playoff push mm-hmm. you got some trades going on you yep. got to make sure you hit waivers hard 
You got a good roster heading into it. One of those questions I have. Ooh, actually, the Colts receiver, the Colts playoffs. Bring it. Steelers, Falcons, Raiders. Steelers, Falcons, Raiders. They've all been, uh, well, two of them. And Raiders have been good against receivers. Better than expected. Falcons have been pretty okay. Uh, the first okay. one, what was the first one? Steelers. Steelers. So, so Joey Porter might shadow Pittman in that game, yeah. which could open it up for, mm, for yeah. downs. Yeah. And then yeah. the other one was, uh, I forget already. Raiders, Steelers, yeah. and someone else. Here, let anyway. me ask you this question. Over the last two weeks, Quinton Johnston yeah. has the edge over Jalen Guyton in snaps and routes. Both guys have found the end zone, Mike Clay. But mm-hmm. one of the guys without understanding, no Josh Palmer, yep. no Mike Williams, right? Mm. There's only Keenan Allen there. One of those guys is a first-round pick with high expectations. The other guy is Jalen Guyton. So how are you approaching these two wide yeah. receivers this week? Because who's the second wide receiver in this Chargers team that you want to consider? Yeah, I, don't, I have them 54th and 60th. Flipping a coin. Flip a yeah. coin. And here's the thing. Last week, we talked about Johnson, and I said, you know what? Johnston? Johnston. John, there's, there's a, a T in there. There's Johnson. a T. I, I, thought, I thought you said Johnson. You said Johnson, yeah. All right. No, I think I got the... I think it was just a little... It was a soft T. I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable is what I did there. But anyway. So... Here's How's your thesaurus doing? My th- still my terrible? Thesaurus, yeah, so, it's still terrible still and terrible. It's also <laughs> terrible. Uh, so last week I said, look, if uh, Guyton's pushing him for playing time and targets, it's gonna be, that's going to be the problem for Johnston. And that's yeah. what happened last week. Yeah. Uh, Guyton had six targets, only four for Johnston. It doesn't look great so far. Uh, so I'm, I'm concerned. I think, though, Guyton, if he locks down that two job, could be something there. So not the worst guy to add to your bench, just considering how little they have in terms of skill guys right now at the wide receiver position. So I'm keeping an eye on that. Uh, Johnson did play 84% of the snaps each of the last two games. Yeah. Guyton was at 78% last week. He still has a slight edge here in my rankings, but I would avoid both guys, at least in my starting lineup this week. That is my feeling as well. Yep. My, my note on them, which I forgot to print again today, was to grab a coin, put Johnson on one side, Johnston, and then Guyton on the other side, flip it, and that's which one you should start. That's it. Yeah. I wish I had. If I had a coin in my pocket field, I would flip it for you. I don't. You know what I should bring I in? I have. Uh, I, yeah, I have a. I have a. My daughter found this in one of my old bags from when I was a kid. The Two Face coin. I have one of those. Do really? You? Yeah, it came with like an action figure when I was a kid. It has like just a regular coin. The other side, it's all scratched out. Oh, that's hilarious. Bring that in. That's cool. Flip it yeah, out. do that. Flip it. Do it. I'll bring do it. it in. Do it. Do it. All right. Let's talk about a few more things here. Justin Fields, yeah. guys. We're supposed to potentially get Justin Fields back here yeah. in week 11. Yeah, let's go. Taking on the 7-2 and two Detroit Lions in Ford Field. Field, here's my first question to I you. I like the pride you said. Yeah, well, of course. 7-2 seven seven Detroit Lions. You know that how many teams are 7-2 and two so far this year? Two. I'm going to go with Chiefs. The Lions, the That's Eagles it. are eight and one, so I guess only two are seven and two. So yeah. only two are seven and two. So the only teams that are seven and two or better are the two teams that played in the Super Bowl last year and my Detroit Lions. Correct. Yes. That's pretty exciting for us as Lions fans. It I'm sure gonna say is. that. But you get Justin Fields this week. We yeah. have not seen Justin Fields on the field in a little bit. Field yep. Yates, first question, because yeah. I think there's a couple layers here. If Justin Fields plays, we're expecting him to play. Yep. How are you going to rank him against this Lions team? And then we'll talk about what his impact is on the rest of the offense. I've got him as quarterback 15, and he feels like one of the mysteries in fantasy this year because the rushing production has not been as good as last year, right. but it also hasn't totally gone by the wayside. We've seen the peak of Justin Fields once again this year is a top five fantasy quarterback. The problem is the peak has come so infrequently. So I don't know how you can say with absolute confidence that you know what you're getting out of Justin Fields in any given week, especially against a Lions defense that I do think is formidable. 
They had their hands full with the Chargers this past week. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams are going to have their hands full with the Chargers in a given week, especially when Justin Herbert goes nuclear like he did this past Sunday. But yep. I feel like this is a neutral matchup for Justin Fields. It's not that that's dissuading me from starting him. It's that I just don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know how you can possibly feel confident, even if you have metrics to support one side of the argument or other, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know much because it's been one or the other. It, the it. splits are wild. He came out the first three games was poor in fantasy, poor, poorly productive. Then he caught Denver and I believe it was the Raiders was the second game back to back top five finishes four and five. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had two huge games as again, top five score quarterback both yeah. of those weeks. So well, which his, fields are we going to get with his arm now with his legs? Like when he had this because he had yeah. 300 yards and four touchdowns he had a little yeah. bit with his legs there. But yeah, not quite. As but much not as the we same that we had I mean, look, if yeah. he's going to do some with his legs and be better than ever with through the, with his arm like he was those last two games, we'll take that. That's what yeah. we saw in the preseason as well. Uh, so cautious optimism here. I'm at QB 12. Yeah, not a must start, but I'm, I'm if he's the worst thing. if he's one of your two considerations and the other person is close. Keep in mind what he's dealing with right now. A dislocated thumb. Now he's going to be good enough to play. But are you concerned at all about the thumb impacting his accuracy, his ability to stay on the field? If those things are bothering you, break the tie that way between Justin Fields and I don't know who your second quarterback is. Brock Purdy and go that direction instead. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which makes a ton of sense to me. We'll keep monitoring this, see if we get any updates on how his thumb is feeling throughout the week. Mike, I asked Field though, or I asked you guys about this specifically. Yeah. Okay, so we got Justin Field as a potential starter, a streamer yeah. if you need him, maybe. How are you looking at DJ Moore and Cole Komet? They're really the only two pass catchers in this game that I would consider from the Bears. Yeah, Moore's production was much better with Field, so I think I feel better about him. Is this Tyson Bagent is the backup Browns quarterback and DJ Moore? getting this boost of oh, Justin Fields. Okay. It's like Amari Cooper having Sean swapping Cooper and more in and our more. Rank, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was, you know, we had this conversation when we thought Fields was returning last week. We Same did. kind of thing. I just think more will be better and more productive with a better quarterback under center. It's yeah. really that simple. So yeah, I think more despite the slump, remember it came without fields as a guy you put in your lineup and come in. I still have like, 10 and 12. Like yeah. he's been, he's been up and down, but he's a fringe starter as well. I realize they're right next to each other and we don't always love to do this, but you've got Cole Komet getting Justin Fields back and you now have David and Joku who is going to switch over to potentially like those two guys are going to be right next to each other. Yeah. They're fringe tight end ones, high end tight end twos. I think they're both going to be difficult to kind of figure out with what's going on here. All right, Field. Yeah. Where are we ranking the Lions running backs in week 11? Well, I've got uh, Jameer Gibbs as running back five. David Montgomery is running back 17. Okay. I'll Passing. take that. So, mm-hmm. so let's, let's talk about all the good things they have going for them. They're both awesome. Yes. Both very talented in different ways. That's a great starting point, right? Yep. Gibbs actually had more rushing attempts than David Montgomery last week. Gibbs also is a far superior pass catcher and actually gets targets as well. I think Montgomery's rushing volume will be better than Jameer Gibbs this week because I think this is a game that the Lions will ground control. But in order to play ground control football, you got to get a lead. And who has allowed the most receiving touchdowns to opposing running backs this season? The Dallas Cowboys. Incorrect. Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears with five. If you wow. guess Chicago, everyone knows it's yeah. going to be. I had to guess something yeah. different, Mike. All right, well, that's why I'm here. So I look smart. <laughs> so Took advantage looking, of the situation. Yeah, so that's right. Uh, if you're looking for a team that even with like two significant investments in linebackers this past off season in both TJ Edwards and also Tremaine Edmonds, and Edwards has been really good. Edmonds has been solid, but yeah, has been, been banged out. up of late. Did draft a linebacker um, too? Or am I making the that Bears up? did not draft a linebacker, no. Um, but... You know, that's one of those things that could be fluky as well. But the fact that they've allowed five receiving touchdowns to opposing running backs so far, mm-hmm. only one more log in the fire of Jameer Gibbs. So both guys should be started this week, Mike. 
I'm with you. And if Gibbs does outcarry Montgomery again this week, then, then we're going to. It might be top three every week for yep. Jameer Gibbs because yep. he's finished as a top three running back in three consecutive weeks. But again, I think maybe it makes sense. Like that Montgomery would be somewhat limited in his first game back, and then they'll ramp up his, uh, you know, his, his his carries in this game. So we'll see. I, I think there's going to be some element of a hot hand and game script that goes into this, but I think it's pretty simple. If you have these two guys on your team, you're starting both of these guys. Yeah. yeah, I think you had the tweet field where it was like you were asked, do I start Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery? The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Start, start both of them. Which of them? Yes. yes. I had both inside my top 20. Turns out I'm brilliant last week, so that was pretty fantastic. That's good. Yeah. We, yeah. That was a board we bet. We all or no? Board bet? No. No, I think that was a board bet, right? Yeah. You guys you were just both outside the top, top 20. I said both yeah. would finish top 20. Oh, Wow. Well, yep. you are brilliant, so that Thanks, checks out. Thanks, Field. Hey, I want to give this a quick shout-out, to. We're not talking about this player. <clears throat> Doesn't have a lot of fantasy relevance right now. Jamison Williams, though. On that 75-yard touchdown run for David Montgomery, yeah. the dude is doing so many things that is not catching the football. Getting downfield to block, mm. using his speed, doing stuff that his teammates love. I just want to give a shout-out to J-Mo, because he's not really doing a whole lot for me to talk about him in fantasy football right now. What would be the opposite of a shout-out? A call-out? Yeah. yeah, I guess you're we calling someone out. Okay, because yeah. I want to call Jamison Williams out for something else right now. Tell me. Jamison Williams posted a photo on his Instagram of a trip to McDonald's. Nothing wrong with that. Trust okay. me, I love myself a Big Mac. 20 piece? Was that a good 20 piece as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had a burger. It looked just a regular, maybe even a quarter pounder, and he put his McFlurry on top of it. No. What? No. Like a, instead of a dollop of mayonnaise, it was like a dollop of an Oreo McFlurry in the middle of the burger. Uh uh-uh. uh. That would not end well for me for a lot of reasons. Yes. <laughs> but like, on, like I, I, I've thought about dropping it for my fantasy roster for that reason. That feels like you I mean, not actually. See, but. like there's a difference here because we've all done the thing and I'm going to throw it out there. We've all done the thing where we dip our French fries into a frosty, of right? Of course. That's yeah, that's, that's an American different. tradition. Yeah. Exactly. Like you got to do that's like a rite of passage into totally. like teenagehood. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just say maybe not? Yeah, no, what? Did you try me. it? Mike Clay? That's not for me. Uh, I try to avoid ice cream for the most part. I've, I've, I've been on the record about this. I'm not a big ice cream guy. One, Hold on maybe now. once a year. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll pivot to like, I pivot to Greek yogurt and granola. That's Greek yogurt and granola? It's so good. That is way better than ice cream. I'm sorry. That's one of my, that's, that's my cancelable food take. That wow. is absolutely cancelable. Hey, hey, I'm Mike Clay and I, I pivot from ice cream to granola and Greek yogurt. Yes. Hey, I'm Mike Clay. I pivot, I pivot from growing, going to Hawaii to instead visit the sauna at my local Y. It's hot there too. Are you kidding me? That's No, unreal. I'm not kidding you. I prefer that for sure. Also, I think you prefer uh, a sauna think, to Hawaii. I, I think dairy upsets my tummy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's what my daughters say. Casey's like fully. She's like, no. I'm like, yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I'm I with you. She, she hates. She hates ice cream. She as does well? not get. We'll go to like. We'll go to McDonald's or somewhere and get some uh, get some ice cream. Happy or Zoe meals. wants ice cream, and she's like, I don't. I can't have ice cream. You know, but the problem is, I can't say a thing about Casey or Zoe. They're just so dang cute. They're, They're just little. Well, you, get, you get an apple turnover instead of an ice cream. Like, what do you even get if you're not? Well, I guess they because no. they don't sell Greek yogurt and granola at McDonald's, Mike. So no, they don't. They yeah. don't. But yeah, I just I, I have that at home. But I don't know. That's my take. Wow. I, feel I, love, bad. I, mean, I love vanilla Greek yogurt with granola. It's like one of my favorite I mean, snacks. Sure, I like them too. I like that as well. Yeah, it's just. But I don't like it nearly as much as I like 
cookie yeah. dough ice cream. It's not a replacement for cookie dough. Yeah, I, I disagree. I, I, I disagree. feel bad now because like my daughter, I only have one daughter that can actually eat food at this age of her life. The girl crushes ice cream. Like, am I terrible? I probably am a bad father. No, absolutely not. Okay. No, yeah. I wouldn't assume. It's just a preference thing. I don't know. I prefer it. That's my, that's one of my takes. Okay. My favorite thing I've is I've tweeted seeing... that one time and it did not end well. Did not really? Like, <laughs> this is the general consensus I'm going to dig that, that, I'm going to find that You guys are the, are the general yeah. public yeah. and yes. how they that's responded. That's how most just people so respond you know, to that. amazing. My favorite part about seeing little kids with either chocolate or ice cream is when you, they get it for the first time and you get them on video and then all of a sudden their eyes get big and they like just go to reach for it and they're oh, like, yeah. I want all of that. Like, that's what's yeah. It's my fun way to live vicariously through children. My daughter has been very in, my older daughter has been very in on ice cream recently. And she also, I think maybe in part because of what ice cream does to her, has a new thing. And I think I may have mentioned this on the show recently, but I may have just said it to you guys behind closed doors. Uh, she announces when she uh, does a diaper accident. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so good. I poop. I, like, uh, okay. <laughs> good to know. Hi. Thanks for the update. <laughs> we'll go take care of that right now, honey. By, by the way, forewarning, speaking of things kids say, uh, my daughter, Casey, who's in fourth grade, is starting to pick up some of the, the terminology that yeah. kids use. So might have to utilize that. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, like she'll say like, yes, queen, slay. <laughs> so I'm going to start doing that. Okay. Or like when I injured my wrist, I yeeted, right? I got yeeted. Oh, you yeeted. Of course, you got yeeted. So just yes. get, get ready. It's going to start. This is my it's favorite start. episode ever. Oh, Can we I keep both it. of those things I'll in the hamper? I'll work them in. Right oh, my God. <laughs> Mike right. is going to be ditching dad jokes on fantasy football now. I want to do this. That's Matthew amazing. Stafford like, yeeted last yeah, week exactly against the Packers. Right. Yeah. 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 Slay. <laughs> He's going to slay all day against the That's, that's the future. That's the future now. So get ready. Oh, man. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about you think Brock Purdy has a chance to slay this week as a streamer, Mike Clay? <laughs> he does. I've Taking been QB ten. Um, I, QB ten. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. He's eleventh points per game this season. Uh, bounced back last week. He was in that slump. One passing touchdown. Yep. Three straight games. Had twenty three point eight points last week. That was his second highest total of the season. Now it's four games with twenty plus points this season. Six in nine games. He has six top twelve finishes. Not a ton of upside, but he's just kind of hung around as a fringe QB1 slash streamer, number one in YP, and adding a little bit with his legs, more than we thought. This isn't saying a lot, but 107 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. We thought we might get like 20 yards and zero touchdowns, so yeah. at least there's a little bit there. Uh, the Bucks, by the way, second most passing yards to quarterbacks this season, so a good matchup here for Purdy as well. I think he will slay. I think this All week day. against the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks just did really well against Will Levis. I mean, mind you, it's Will Levis holding him under 200 passing yards, but... Defense They've allowed the second nice most passing yards this season. The Bucks. That's have. so weird. I just said that. So yeah, no, was on I was, his phone. Uh, no, no I was, I was no actually too deal. busy looking up what yeet means. So. <laughs> Yeeted. I don't think Brock Purdy will yeet. Okay. This not week. not this week. Yeah. Field. Anything you want to add on Brock Purdy? Because we're going to close this one out and do a little bit of start be, start bench cut. No, you know this. something. I'm hearing that we're having stream issues, so maybe we should just close the show <laughs> right now and not do start bench cut. All the viewership went down to zero when I said Yaz Queen. Yes, that's exactly. All right, let's talk about this. This will be fun, I think. I really do think this will be fun. Okay. Start bench cut. Yep. Our producers put it together for us. I'm going to start with the running backs. We got three running backs we had to choose from. Gus Edwards, Joe Mixon, and Brees Hall. This one, I think, is the easiest of the three. I would agree. Yes. If you are starting with the running backs, Gus Edwards. Receivers are on the screen, but there we go. Here we go. Gus Edwards, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall. Who are you starting? (laughs) Who are you benching? Who are you cutting? Okay. I am going to. You think it's easy? I think it's, it's pretty the easiest easy. of the I think, I think the cut is easy. the easy part. Yeah, 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 yeah Gus Edwards has been, has been cut. Sorry, Gus. We love you, but uh, the fact that you have six rushing touchdowns over the past three games has totally inflated your stats. Agreed. I think there's a healthy debate between starting and cutting Brees Hall versus Joe Mixon. 
I will. I guess it sort of depends on what you want, but I will go with Joe Mixon as my starter. Interesting. And it's going to be kind of riding the more consistent wave because with Brees Hall, touchdowns are just harder to come by. They Not are. that Joe Mixon has been letting the world on fire in that regard, but... I thought Brees Hall was the only one scoring touchdowns for the Jets field. You've told me this. Well, he is, but he has scored three in his only past three. five okay. games, yeah. which is a good number, yeah. no doubt, right? It's not like it's a terrible number yeah. by any stretch, but one of those was when Jordan Davis carried him into the end into zone. The end like, zone. Yeah, let me, come on, buddy. we got to get the ball back to Jalen real I'll quick. let Jordan Davis carry um, me anywhere for what it's worth. He probably could carry all three all of us three with of us one at the arm. Same no time. question yes. about um, But I will go with Joe Mixon as my starter between the blend of rushing consistency, even with poor efficiency, mm-hmm target consistency, mm-hmm. and the chance for goal line work. Those would be my three criteria that gives him the, the very narrow start edge over Brees Hall. Interesting. I would I would go uh, Hall for sure. And okay. by the way, Hall, who was very limited the first month of the season, yeah. is actually averaging more fantasy points per game than Joe Mixon this season. That? There you go. Yeah. And uh, Mixon has had a major workload in that backfield, but they have scaled him back a little bit. They said they were going to. They followed through the last three weeks, so... Uh, it's still playing a ton, right? You feel solid. You feel good starting him. He's a solid RB two. I just prefer Hall, who's out playing him. He's been more efficient. Mixon's efficiency <laughs> yes. is a career low in most departments. Right, not it's great. Poor. It's been poor for a few years too. Yeah. I guess, like I think with Brees Hall, the only thing that I would say is that he's very prone to big plays, but he's also kind of needed big plays to get to where he is on a points per game basis. Yep. Yeah, but the playing time is there now over the past three, four weeks. So. Michael good, Carter now so. waved as well. Yeah, which maybe which the garbage like... time. T- How about that the other week? By the way, I needed like 0. .03 points from Brees Hall, and Michael Carter caught six consecutive passes oh, in garbage time for the Jets. That was a killer. Gosh. That one hurt. Yeah, why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know I why. I don't know. I don't know why. I think I would also default to Brees Hall for what it's worth. It was close. Joe Mixon is right there, but I would. This segment's evil. This part is, it's tough. It's yeah. tough here. Yeah. But we're all on the same page. Gus Edwards for sure is the guy that we would cut. The wide there. receiver one, I'm I'm just abstaining from. I'm saving it to yeah, last. That that's why I started. Yeah. That's why I saved it for last. Okay. I think it's the hardest one. Let's talk about tight ends now. Okay. Start bench cut. You yeah, got three this guys. hard too. This one is very hard. Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Trey McBride mm-hmm. and Dalton Schultz. All mm-hmm. three of them have been really good recently. Mike Clay, if you had to start this one, where are you going? Yeah, I think I'm, I just feel better. I feel best about Dalton Kincaid sustaining going forward because he's established himself as the number two target in this offense. He has a trust of Josh Allen. They're going to be throwing the ball a ton. They've had major injuries defensively. I think they've been really unlucky offensively, frankly. I think they've been, uh, I mean, you look at the efficient efficiency metrics yeah, uh, and they're great offensively for them. So I think uh, Kincaid has established himself going forward. He would be my top guy here. Plays the Jets this week. Maybe we downgrade him a little bit, but I would start him. The the bench, I would say Trey McBride actually, mm-hmm. but uh, Dalton Schultz has been terrific as well. I think my, my, the reason I would go cut on Schultz is some point, maybe this week, they're going to have four healthy wide receivers. Right. They have to get the ball in the hands of all these guys yep. that can knock his target share down a little bit. But again, we are, grasping for straws to separate these guys. They're both in the, the weekly tight end one mix. Yeah, I was considering Dalton for start. I was also considering Dalton for bench and Dalton for cut yeah, as well. Exactly. So exactly. I, I figured Dalton would be the reasonable candidate uh, yes. in, in each of these categories. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that was my take that on that. That one's tough. Yeah. I, I'm no, with- I, 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 I only agree. I only know for sure that I would start Dalton Kincaid. This might be a more interesting exercise if we did like bottom of the barrel guys. Like Ooh. we're just like, would you rather like start Daryl Hodge Jr. <laughs> okay, <Stop. laughs> no, like who would you have hoped for? Jameson Williams, Kadero Hodge, and like uh, at least Kadero Hodge is getting goal line work, so I can yeah, be exactly. excited about that. Part. So yeah, or uh, Bijan Robinson. That's, that's right. right. Final <laughs> answer for me will be start Dalton Kincaid, bench Dalton Schultz, cut Trey McBride, 
because on his current pace, he will not have another 100 yard receiving game until 2057. Stop. Stop. The Cardinals. <laughs> It's been 34 years. Right. So then now they got to go another 34 years until Before it comes a tight back. end catches at least 100 pass 100 yards in a game. Yeah. Well, he's had uh, two 20 plus fantasy point games on his last three. Oh, he's been awesome. He's been, yeah, he's, he's been, been good. great. Yeah, the hilarious part is that he came five yards short of 100 yards just three games ago. And, and now it's like, oh, he got to 100. And that's like a totally different outlook compared to that 95. I think about that game. all the time because yeah. as someone who works in decimals and everything, everything you have to, to separate guys yeah. like 100 is just a pretty round number. It's we all like, it doesn't matter. It means nothing. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Just, yep. All right. So now we've got, and for what it's worth, I'm going to say um, starting Dalton Kincaid, benching Trey McBride and cutting Dalton Schultz. Right, so I'm okay. going to that. There we go. go. Yeah. Wide receivers. We didn't want to do this one. Right, Here's what they gave us. This one's so. Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and A.J. Brown. All right, so it's pretty obvious you're starting Tyreek, right? I mean, just like the season-long consistency has been out of control. Yep. So I think the conversation between A.J. Brown and Amon Ross comes down to this. Who has the better chance of unique upside? And I think when you look at the number of 20-point games this season, that's kind of the, we were just talking about how you have to find these sort of like arbitrary data points that you're going to delineate between. Yep. That's why I land on A.J. Brown. He's a better bet for 20-plus fantasy points in the game than Amon Ross St. Brown is. I agree. That would be my order. We're ranking them right in order from their points per game, which yeah. is Tyreek's first, A.J. Brown's third, and Amon Ra is sixth, but he's been tremendous. The floor, I'd, I'd almost feel a little better about the f- higher floor of St. Brown going forward this year than A.J. Brown, but the ceiling for A.J. Brown is enormous, like historic, literally historic over the past month or so. I would take a, I would take Amon Ross St. Brown over A.J. Brown. That's so you know, I'm weird. stunned by that, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's Shocking. so weird. Uh, do you guys think that rest of the season, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to score more fantasy points than A.J. Brown? I wouldn't I'll be shocked I'll go with A.J. Brown. Would you? Yeah, you want to board bet it? Yeah, why not? I'll let you Is that what you're it. going to? Yeah, it's why close. not? It's fun. It's you want to take Tyreek yeah. Hill? I'll take Tyreek Hill. Take yeah. I want Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> no, good. You guys do that. I say Amon Ross St. Brown scores more fantasy points from week 11 on than A.J. Brown. And I say A.J. Brown scores more fantasy points from week 11 on than Amon Ross St. Brown. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. I've never Ooh. felt worse about having to tell a player that he has been cut than I just did with cutting Amon Ross St. Brown. The sun God. That stunk. That's, I don't like that I feeling want that at all. T- I want that clip, too. Doesn't cut feel good. Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> cut Dalton Schultz. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Cut all of those guys. <laughs> it was a fun show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Mike, you want to talk about what happened to your wrist, or we do not have time? I don't know. I think we're out of time. It's one All right. That's I fell do down because I'm an old man. Yeah, you got yeeted. I was horsing around like a kid, and I got yeeted by a shopping cart. Let's just say that. So Mike hurts his wrist when he goes to the grocery store. Tyler Fulgham hangs out with Guy Fieri when he goes to the grocery Mm. store. Slightly different. This one of us is built different. When is Tyler going to cook for it? Oh, wait. What is today? Wednesday? Yeah. Back again tonight? Back again. Round two. Let's go. All right. Do better than a bloney breakfast sandwich. That's whatever it is. Shots fired. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. It is always fun doing a Wednesday show with Field and Mike. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to I'm yourselves. I'm sorry, Amonra. We'll see you tomorrow. I didn't mean to. Peace. I take it back. I take it back. You right, told me the before now. the you show you could not wait to cut Amonra <laughs> St. Brown. You guys field. are mean and spiteful. You were like, I'd rather get have me in his trouble. brother Equinemius the rest of the season. I, I do like Equinemius. I'm not going to lie. Who doesn't? No secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sale, you 
a Lions fan through and through with the hippest beard, I'm telling you. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.